following is a production of Word Alive Creative Arts. Welcome to the podcast of Word Alive International Outreach in Oxford, Alabama, an apostolic center for transformation and freedom. We pray today that you will be blessed and strengthened by this powerful message. I started talking to you a couple weeks ago about the ecclesia in the family. And we talked a little bit about that before Tony Miller. By the way, Tony Miller was a major blessing, I thought, uh, while, while he was here. Really made a deposit into us, and we look forward to hopefully him coming back next year. But we, were, uh, we started on this message about the family and ecclesia and how that God had empowered you and I as, as the ecclesia, that this is not the church, this is where we, the church gathers. But we are the church. So touch your neighbor and tell them you are the church. Tell them. And the Bible says this church, the gates of hell, shall not prevail against it. So touch somebody else and say the gates of hell will not defeat you in Jesus' name. And so as I was preparing, looking into this uh, today, I honestly, I, this doesn't happen often. I'll, I'll just be transparent that I feel the burden of the Lord for something. But as I started looking into this, I felt the burden of the Lord for you and I and our families. And this is the month, Sheshvan, this is the Hebraic month, historically, when the flood came. And so I began to look into the life of Noah. And it was amazing how God began to open my eyes and see his purpose and plan of redemption in the life of Noah. I'll start with Hebrews 11, 7, here's what it says. By faith, Noah being divinely warned of things not yet seen, moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for the saving of his family. Next scripture. His act of faith drew a sharp line between the evil of the unbelieving world and the righteousness of the believing world. And as a result, Noah became intimate with God. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, just like Noah, by faith, you and I can build an ark for our family. And that by doing this, being moved with godly fear, with the fear of the Lord, we can draw a line and make a distinction between the believing world and the unbelieving world. Not saying we're separating ourselves legalistically from the world, but we are saying we are covering our homes in the safety and protection of the Lord Jesus Christ because just like Noah's day, our earth is full of corruption. The first point I want to talk to you about when Noah built an ark was things not seen. Things not seen. 1 Peter 5, 8 says, Be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, walks around like a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. We're in a war. And, 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 and unfortunately, there is no middle ground. There is no middle ground in the earth. You're on one side or you're on the other side. You're in light or you're in darkness. There is no middle ground here. 
And if you are determined to live in light, then I promise you, you will have to combat some darkness. Because the Bible says the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy, but Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. But it is a war. And if you don't think it's a real war, then we are already deceived. Because the enemy's number one ploy is to destroy our families. Because if he can destroy our families, he can kill our purpose in the earth. And it's not natural. Most of us try, are trying to fight supernatural battles with natural weapons. But my Bible says my, my weapons are not carnal, but mighty unto God, pulling down strongholds and seeing the purposes of God fulfilled. And so there's things not seen. I had, I had never seen this before. Ephesians 6, you're familiar with it. This, uh, well, the rest of the scripture is good. It says, resist him steadfast in the faith, knowing the same sufferings are experienced by your brotherhood in the world. But then Ephesians says, we don't wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness, against a host of wickedness in heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day, and having done all to stand, stand. I had never seen this before. I reread Ephesians 6, and God ties the whole armor of God to your family and your job. I've always considered it a very mystical thing until I reread it. Reread Ephesians 6 when you go home. Here's how it starts out. Children, obey your parents. Husbands, love your wives. Wives, submit to your husband. Employees, do a good job. Employers, treat your employees right. And it begins with that whole line of work, life, family. Then it says, now, Believe me, you're not wrestling with natural things. So that tells me these attacks that you and I, maybe let's just pause a minute and make sure I'm at the right place with the right crowd. Anybody here got a family and you've been fighting some battles lately? Can I? It's great to know you're at the right place at the right time. Unseen things. Unseen things. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to open our eyes to see unseen things that are out there. I have been awakened in the last couple of weeks to things I didn't even know were there. I, uh, there's a ministry that I'm in contact with. Daniel Hughes introduced me to them. TJ and Ivy, I don't know if they're here this morning, TV and his associate Ivy. We win. And, and they have a ministry to public schools. They've been in 26 public schools this year. Public schools are inviting them in. Why? Drug addiction is rampant with 12-year-olds. 12-year-olds is where drug, most drugs are being introduced. He goes to these classes. He asks them, how many of you have been dealt drugs? He said, maybe three raised their hand. He said, how many of you play this game? And he names the game, and everybody raises their hand. In that video game, you have to do a drug deal to get to the next level. You have to either buy or sell drugs to get bonus points. I met with the chief of police this week and was talking about some recovery stuff, and I questioned him about this. He says, Kent, are you not aware of these video games? I said, I have no clue. He said, it's an $800 billion industry. He said, there's one video game. He named the name. I'm sorry, I don't know what it is. 
I'm trying to become more educated about it. But he said, Kent, literally, you have to hire a prostitute, steal her money, and shoot her in the head to get to the next level. And then the next level, you have to steal a car and kill two policemen. He said, and you wonder why children are getting desensitized to the place they can step into a school and shoot other students. He said, it doesn't happen overnight. It's because we're letting this stuff in their lives even at an early age. Now, I'm not here to talk about video games because I'm sure there's some good ones out there. What I'm saying is, beware, there's things that we don't see that are trying to get into our lives. 50% of the people in the United States wind up divorced. 56% of those divorced is because of pornography. Either one of the other mates are addicted to pornography. Pornography's rampant on the internet. On YouTube, you can start out with a children's program like, I, like our grandson and let him be watching something. If you're not careful, pornography, child pornography is only three or four clicks away. Come on. There's darkness out here. There's corruption. Not speaking of addiction. That's rampant in our society. Not only Illegal drugs, but prescribed drugs. Materialism. We're so caught up with things that we neglect what's actually important. So we're working two or three jobs just to try to keep up with the Joneses. And in the process, we're losing our families. Come on, somebody. Not to mention technology that was supposed to buy us all this free time. And in actuality, we don't have a free moment. Unless you cut it off intentionally and set it aside, there is no free moment in your life. I watched another special this week on AI, the uh, artificial intelligence. That'll blow your mind. But it's real. But we've sold all of our identity for convenience. Look out now. I'm not saying all technology is bad. It can be used for good purposes, but it can't dominate our life. Then you've got depression and anxiety and fear that the Bible predicts fear would kill men's hearts the way the world's living. We are in such a fearful society. Fear is rampant that people can't even sleep at night without anxiety and medicine because of the fear and anxiety that they're up under. And more suicide than ever. People getting to the place they cannot take it anymore and they're just taking their own lives because of the pain and the agony that they're under. I'm here to tell you today, we are facing an unseen battle in our society. There is chaos in our nation. There is chaos in our government. But I'm here to prophesy to you, God's waking up a people to the spiritual things. And we're, we're about to take our place. We're about to draw a line in the sand. And we're saying, for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. I have decided I'm taking back my land. I have decided I'm going to take a stand. Touch three or four people. Tell them I'm drawing a line today. It says, Noah being warned of these unseen things was moved with godly fear. Yeah. 
When's the last time the Lord moved you? Like moved you. I begin to look at this. It says he was moved with godly fear and prepared an ark for his family. The, the name Noah is a Hebraic term. Let me see if I can get you that slide up. There's many definitions. One speaks of rest. Obviously, his name means grace. But those three Hebraic symbols, they, the one on my right is life, offense, and grace. What's it saying? We can find rest in the Spirit when we do life by grace in a fenced-in area. In other words, we can intercede on behalf of our family and put a fence. We can put a fence unseen against unseen. Come on, somebody. Noah's name means intercessor. He, he was able to put a fence between the seen and the unseen, between the 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 wicked and the, the righteous. Between the profane and the unfeigned, or whatever that means. The Bible talks about this. And I begin to look at stories of how somebody in a family would go to God on behalf of somebody else. I look, number one, at it for a son. John 4, Jesus came to Cana of Galilee where he had made the water into wine and where he was a certain nobleman whose son was sick at Capernaum. And when he heard that Jesus had come out of Judea into Galilee, he went to him and implored him to come down and heal his son for his son was at the point of death. Then Jesus said unto him, unless you people see signs and wonders, you will by no means believe. The nobleman said, sir, please come down before my child dies. Jesus said, go your way. Your son lives. So the man believed the word. Somebody say, just believe the word. It says the man believed the word that Jesus spoke. Some, sometimes all you got to do on behalf of one of your loved ones is get a word from Jesus. There's nothing more powerful than the word. It's a hammer that breaks a stone in pieces. It's the power of life and death are in his word. He got a word. And as he was going down, his servants met him and told him, saying, Your son lives. And he inquired of them the hour when he got better. And he said, Yesterday at the seventh hour, the fever left him. And the father knew it was the same hour in which Jesus had said, your son lives. And he himself believed and his whole household. It don't take but one blood-washed, born-again believer in your house to get a hold of Jesus on the behalf of your family line and you can see your children and your children's children and your family a fence built between light and darkness and see the kingdom come. How about your daughters? Jesus went out from there and departed to the region of Tyre and Sidon 
And behold, a woman of Canaan came from that region and cried to him, saying, Have mercy on me, Lord, son of David. My daughter is demon-possessed. He said her not a, he told her, he answered her not a word. And his disciples came and urged him, saying, Send her away. She cries out after us. But he answered and said, I was not sent except to the lost sheep of the house of Israel. Then she came and worshipped him. <laughs> then she came and worshipped him. See, you don't realize how powerful this past 30 minutes was. It's what we weren't killing time waiting on the word. We weren't trying to get you entertained for another week. Somehow in worship, you attracted heaven on behalf of you and your family. Come on now. Touch three people and say, I'm a worshiper. She came in worship and said, Lord, help me. And he answered and said, it is not good to take the children's bread and throw it to dogs. She said, yes, Lord, but even the dogs eat the crumbs which fall from the master's table. Jesus said, I hadn't seen this kind of faith. No, woman, great is your faith. Let it be to you as you desire. And her daughter was healed that very hour. Wait a minute, let me share a truth with you that I got from the Holy Spirit. I've heard this so many times, so I'm sick of it. People say, well, if people are going to get help, they got to want help. That's not true. Sometimes they're so demon-possessed, they can't want help. It's not their faith that's going to heal them. It's my faith getting a hold of the Lord on their behalf. Sometimes they ain't got enough faith, but it's my faith grabbing hold of Jesus on their behalf. Touch three people say, things are about to change. When you get a hold of Jesus on the behalf of somebody else, it doesn't matter whether they won't help or not. The great Holy Ghost goes to work on their behalf. I feel the Holy Ghost snatching people out of the mouth of Satan. I dare you to shout somebody's name. Just shout a loved one's name right now. Woo! We release the heavenly host to go and retrieve our loved ones. I was so demon possessed snorting cocaine hard as I go to kill me and my brother was praying for me I didn't want help I didn't know how to get help I tried to read the Bible demons would flash before my eyes 
All I knew is all of a sudden, my life fell apart. Why? Because God was moving on behalf of somebody's prayers. And the next thing you know, I wound up from being a drug addict at an altar to where in a moment of time, the Holy Ghost came on my life and set me free. Somebody shout, prayer works. Let the Holy Ghost speak to you now. Let the Holy Ghost speak now and bring faith in your soul. Let the Holy Ghost speak now and let it move in your soul. Let faith come back alive. Calling those things that are not as though they should be. The same God that causes dead things to live again. Job was a man that stood for his whole family. There was a day when the sons of God came to present themselves before the Lord. And Satan also came among. And the Lord said to Satan, where are you coming from? I love that. The Lord didn't have to keep up with him. He don't care where he's at. Look out now. Satan answered to the Lord. He said, I'm from going to and fro throughout the earth, walking back and forth on it. The Lord said to Satan, have you considered my servant Job? There is none like him on the earth. A blameless and upright man who fears God and shuns evil. Satan answered the Lord and said, does Job fear you for nothing? Have you not made a hedge? Does does Job fear you for nothing? Have you not made a hedge around him and... Around all, and not only him and his house, around everything he has on every side. And you've blessed the work of his hands and his possessions have increased. Now I understand that the way this story goes where God allows Satan to let the hedge down. And I understand sometimes we go through trials, but the truth is... You can build it. The truth is you can have God put a hedge around you and your family that no, dem- that no demonic entity, did- I call it the bloodline, where the enemy cannot get into your family. Hang on a minute. I felt, I felt this. Some of you said, yeah, but you don't know what happened to me. I can't base my theology on what happened to you. I can't base my theology on my experience. I can only base my theology on the Word of God. And the Word of God says, if I'll pray the prayers, God will send the help. And he'll put a hedge around my family. 
I dare somebody to stand up and say, Lord, put a hedge about my family today. Let the Holy Ghost move on that today. Sit down just a minute. By faith, Noah, being warned of things to come that he hadn't seen, was moved. I feel like the Holy Ghost is about to move us. And we're going to go to a place of prayer where we're literally going to snatch loved ones out of the jaws of the enemy. By faith, he prepared an ark and saved his family. That word ark is interesting. Look at it. Three Hebrew words. The Hebrew words reading from my right to left. Those words mean cross, a cross. The middle one means a house. And the last one means prayer, praise. The word ark means the redemption, working in a house through prayer and praise. That's what a spiritual ark is. And what's interesting is, it's God told Noah, pitch the ark inside and out so no water gets in. That word pitch is the Hebrew word for atonement. God's about to pitch your house. On the outside and on the inside. And save your family. The ark is the presence of God. It's Exodus 22. The ark of the covenant. God said it's where I'll meet with you and I'll speak with you above the mercy seat. From between the two cherubims that are on the ark of the testimony. About everything which I've commanded you, the children of Israel. Hebrews 4, let us come boldly to the throne of grace that we may obtain mercy and find grace in time of need to help us. The unbelieving husband is sanctified by the wife. Look at this scripture. Next slide, please. And the unbelieving wife is sanctified by the husband. Otherwise, your children would be unclean, but now they're holy. It only takes, no, Moses, I mean, Noah was one man that acted in obedience. It doesn't take everybody in your house being obedient. It just takes one person in your house to be obedient and lay hold and create an ark for God to move in your family. But we sit by week after week. And we see our family members being destroyed, and we fight it with natural battles. You can't counsel a demon. You can't reason with a meth addict. It's not rational. It's demonic. It says, my son is sick. And a man laid hold of Jesus for a sick son that had no desire. 
a woman lays hold of Jesus for a demon-possessed daughter who is out of her mind. Job builds a hedge around his kids who are out feasting and drinking. That's what the Bible says. Lest, he says, while they were out there partying, they somehow had offended God. The power we have to build a fence around our family and create an ark is powerful. This has been a presentation of Word Alive International Outreach, 122 Allendale Road, Oxford, Alabama. Reach us by phone at 256-831-5280 or at our website, wordalive.org. This has been a production of Word Alive Creative Arts.